Hello, welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. It is Sunday. I am Jason Napolitano, and on the line, Mr. Chris Sheridan. What's up, Chris? It's all good. It is Sunday, and great to have another discussion, especially with Emmett Fox. It is indeed. It is an Emmett Fox day, and we uh, love our Emmett Fox days. Uh, we are, of course, reading from Find and Use Your Inner Power, as we do each week, if you've been following us. Uh, great book. Highly recommend it. Check it out. Um, we're going to read this week on a subject uh, he calls Remember Lot's Wife. This is a really powerful one. We think you're really going to enjoy this one and get a lot out of it. So, uh, so stay with us here as we go. Uh, I have a book called If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. That's available on Amazon. And Chris's book is The Spirit in the Sky. And you can check it us out at CosmicEye.org. Uh, we've got a lot of great stuff up there. Or at anchor.fm slash CosmicEye if you would like to donate. Uh, Chris also runs a great channel on YouTube called the Manly Hall Society, so check that out and subscribe. He's got some great videos up there. All right, so Chris, you are going to start today, right? I will. All right, so take it away when you are ready, sir. Remember Lot's wife. Never look back. Always go right ahead. Even if you are quaking, go right ahead and quake as you go. Jesus said the man who puts his hand to the plow and then turns back is not worthy of the kingdom of heaven. He also said, remember Lot's wife. The story of Lot's wife is one of the most telling parables in the Bible. Lot and his family were fleeing from a city that was about to be destroyed. They were told by an angel that they would get away safely, provided they did not look back. The others obeyed the injunction and escaped, but Lot's wife looked back and was immediately turned into a pillar of salt. Salt in the Old Testament is a symbol for death, and this means that those who look back are dead spiritually and that usually their material affairs become stagnant too. Never look back. No matter how unattractive or how dangerous the road ahead may be, it's better than the road back. The road ahead may mean difficulty, but the road back means failure. The road ahead may be veiled from sight, but you must teach yourself to regard the unknown as friendly. Remember that God is always at the end of the road ahead, but at the end of the road back, you will only find yourself. The end of the road back, you will only find yourself. Okay, Chris, we got a deep one this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got a lot to a lot to unpack. We'll do it quickly, but I want to just first address this last statement. Remember that God. Remember that God is always at the end of the road ahead, but at the end of the road back, you will only find yourself. It's almost like you know, falling back into the old ways of the ego, falling back into the, you know, old subconscious ruts, falling back into the old ways of thinking is like, that's the, that's you, that's you relying on yourself, you find yourself there within, and that self is the small self, the small s self, whereas the road ahead, the God, the God road, you know, the road forward is, is the self with the capital S, kind of interesting so you've got to move forward to move into that bigger vision of yourself don't you well you definitely have to and because you already know what was down that road before yeah. uh, this is that's how you got here uh, and yes it might be scary it might be unknown probably definitely unknown the road ahead and while it might seem like a comfort to you know the horse running back to the barn or you know trying to get back into the womb or some kind of a sheltering comforting state um it may seem like that 
uh, but it is, it's actually dangerous. It's actually more dangerous. And according to this parable, it's deadly. It's deadly. Exactly. And I mean, and again, you know, you talk about kind of going back into the womb and, you know, there's the idea of being twice born or being born again, you know, that's a spiritual birth. And that's that, that's that road ahead. That's moving forward. It's not looking back and you can't go back into the physical womb, obviously, you know, and there was, there was that, there's that parable where Jesus is talking about that and Nicodemus asked him, what am I supposed to go back into my mother's womb? He says, you know, and then he talks about the spiritual rebirth. He talks about the, you know, the, the being born again, uh, you know, in a high, into a higher, onto a higher self. So that's kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting correlation. Uh, speaking of that, I, I like the part at the beginning too, where he points out um, that Jesus said to the man who puts his hand to the plow and then turns back that he's not worthy of the kingdom of heaven that puts your hand to the plow and then turns back. It's like, again, there's that, there's that forward movement. There's that, there's that plowing forward and, you know, that sort of plowing up of the old ways. You know, we talk a lot about the subconscious mind as being like a garden. And in a sense, this is a preparation, a preparation mm -hmm. for a new, for a new growth, right. For new, new seeds of, 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 uh, of, of, of new plants and so on. In other words, like new thoughts that are creating something completely different in your life. So if you keep looking backwards, you know, you're, you're unfit for that, for that change. You're unfit for that to happen. Um, well, in the plow uh, for an untilled land, um, it's, you, you dig in to the earth and you make this furrow, uh, but it's, the ground's usually hard, uh, it's difficult. You might have an ox uh, or a tractor, I suppose. Um, or if you do have an ox, then you usually put the leather strap around your back and you're holding on to the plow and basically the cow's pulling both of you um, forward. It's, it's difficult. It's probably unpleasant in a lot of other ways. I'm talking about literal plowing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's, but you have to dig and uh, you know, make this furrow so that you can plant because um, it won't work if you don't. So it's important, and it's kind of new. I mean, he's talking about the unknown path, or if it's a difficult path ahead, you know, you must, you know, keep on going. Um, just like the land might be hard, and making this first cut through uh, through the soil um, is difficult, but it has to happen. You, know, you have to plow forward, I guess, as they say, keep on plowing, plowing ahead. That's a kind of an idiom or something that we, that we use, um, but it, it really, it makes sense if you're farming and yeah. tilling the soil. Uh, but it also gives, you know, kind of a description and it recognizes the fact that it's hard and unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting. Important. I'm sorry, say that again? Oh, I said, I think that's important. Yeah. Uh, books and, and, you know, gurus and things will say, you know, hey, seven easy steps to you know, financial freedom or spiritual enlightenment or, you know, how to let go of your past in, in three days. Um, you know, I don't think it's, it's, it helps to belittle how difficult it is. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. make, especially if they're, they're long, deeply held patterns that need yeah. to be changed. It, it is difficult, but he is, Fox is also right. You have to keep plowing, you know, if you're quaking and shaking and you know, a trembling mess, well, keep going, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So both things are true. It's very, very difficult. And yes, you have to keep going. That's a great point. 
Another uh, interesting kind of idea uh, symbolically that kind of popped into my head when you were talking, it, you know, it's kind of touching on what we were talking about before we got on to do the show, with some of the uh, recovery stuff. Uh, but so this idea that really what's going on here is that Lot and his, and his, and his wife are, are they're fleeing Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, I'm sure you're familiar with the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. It's from the it's from Genesis, and it was, it was you know it's a it's a wicked city, uh, basically, and it's coming under God's wrath. It's going to be destroyed. It's kind of interesting to think about that as like you know you think about sort of Sodom and Gomorrah as maybe like maybe destructive behavior, something that's uh, something that's you know un kind of undoing your life, but it's something you're used to. And in a way, sort of, let's say, let's say it's drugs and alcohol. So in a way, like running away from the city is you getting away from that, you know, destructive behavior, the destructive uh, tendencies, um, you know, you kind of ad admitting you've got a problem and working your way away from, but you can't really, you can't look back on it. There's a certain amount of comfort in that lifestyle because you get used to it, but you really do have to, you really do have to turn your, turn your back on it. You do have to turn your back on certain destructive behaviors and habits and tendencies. Otherwise, you know, you'll fall back into them. And I think that that's a really nice, nice uh, idea. It's this idea that she turns into a pillar of salt. She's stuck in this certain place. And he talks about that, of course, being like he said, a symbol of death uh, or dead spirituality. And in a lot of ways, you know, those destructive things make us dead spiritually. They put us into a very dense state where we can't really even imagine higher things in our lives, right? Well, yeah, and this, you know, don't look back uh, is a phrase often used in music. Uh, I know Boston, the band Boston had an album, Don't Look Back, and song. Uh, it was a um, Bob Dylan retrospective, yep. um, Don't Look Back. Um, and it's this, and, and that, at least in a musical sense, probably goes to the Orphic fables and mysteries um, of Orpheus, who um, went to the underworld, the, the great musician, uh, went to the underworld to rescue Eurydice, his great love. Um, and that was the same deal that <laughs> was basically made with, uh, in Hades, um, was that, yes, you can take her back up to the, the upper world, um, but don't look back at her until you know, you're fully uh, on the surface. And right at the last minute, <laughs> you know, meters to go, I guess, he turned and looked back and all he could see is her dissolving into dust and falling back into the, the bottomless pit of hell. Um, so it's, you know, it comes from kind of a musical tale or tale of a musician. But again, this looking back and I, and I often wonder, it's like, well, okay, that's a, that's interesting. Well, if you turn and look back at a city and then you turn to Saul, do you turn and look back at your love as you're trying to uh, bring her to, to safety? Um, you know, she disappears, but this thing that you, it's, it's so destructive to yourself and others, this looking back. Uh, but what is it? You know, what is this looking back? Is it just looking back at your past? Um, well, you know, it's good to look at your history so you can you know, maybe not repeat some of the same mistakes or learn from them and, and move forward. So I don't think it's entirely that, but it's, it's kind of how, is that, how does don't look back translate into um, your everyday life? You mentioned addiction or alcohol recovery. I guess that look back would be, well, don't look back to the bar and go back to the bar. Yeah. Go a couple back. <laughs> um, 
while you're back in the bar um, or, or look back at with um, maybe nostalgic eyes that uh, it was so fun when I could just go to the bars and drink and we had so much fun. And then you forget about, you know, all the bad stuff <laughs> that went along with it. Cause otherwise, why would you be in recovery if it was still so wonderful? Yeah. Uh, it was kind of looking back at those back behaviors, but I think, um, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit if you want. Um, what, you know, what are versions of this looking back uh, that are- Yeah, that's great. That's a great, that's a great segue. Cause actually when you were saying that, I was thinking of how, we, you know, you, you know, instead of looking back nostalgically at something that's destructive, we look back nostalgically at something that was genuinely a great part of our life and get stuck there. Like how many people are, you know, trying to relive their college football days or how many people are reliving, you know, that time when they got to travel to India and were there for, you know, two months backpacking or something. And, you know, for the rest of your life, you're looking back on, on that peak experience or whatever as you know the pinnacle of your life and then you're not looking forward anymore and everything is just uh it sort of pales in comparison to what used to be you know and and i and we can do that sometimes when when we're when we're aging and especially after midlife and stuff you start kind of looking back and being nostalgic about the past and then, then what that does is you know it makes you it makes you spiritually dead it makes and it makes you physically you know, it's sort of weaker and, and less vibrant as well, because you, you tend not to get as much activity, you tend not to get out and live and, you know, really do things and challenge yourself and so forth. And then, you know, you're, you're looking back to the past for, for, you know, your satisfaction in, in a sort of, a, you know, in a fantasy oriented way, you know, and you can't, you can't do that either, right? Right. Uh, and it's also the negative things in our past mm -hmm. that you don't look back on or go to uh, if it's a regret of something maybe you did wrong in your past or something you didn't do or act upon in your past or something somebody else did. Uh, if you can keep that alive, that pain, that victimization or that, it may be very real what somebody did a long time ago. Uh, but if you're looking back, uh, meaning that you're, you're energizing that again. You're reliving, you're, you're living in the past. You're feeling that wound again. You're getting hit with the second arrow 394 times. And really the arrow only hit you once back then. And yes, it was a terrible thing. Um, so it's either looking back and then being so absorbed in or just bound to that, whether it was yeah. a good thing or a bad thing, a good thing that you wanna go back to or a bad thing that somehow is still haunting you haunting you that's it's hanging around you it's there you know and it's great to remember good things uh, but remember them in the present remember them in the now now i'm looking back at me who i am now at something was you know 25 years ago and wow that was great i was able to do that well physically i'm not able to do that now most a lot of people aren't 25 years later you can't do things in your 50s that you did in your your 20s Mm -hmm. um, you know, which is fine, but be glad that you did them um, yeah. when you did them and find new things. And what if it was something? What if it was the, the football game in high school or the, you know, that, that great party you, you had in college or the, you know, graduation or some, you know, like I said, a peak moment mm -hmm. uh, in your life? You know, that's, that's, that's part of your forever. It's not just part of your past, uh, but live in the now 
and look and move towards the future, bring that with you. Um, Well, then how can I share? I had such a good time. Uh, I'm just making this up, playing, playing, playing basketball, what's it called? Baseball um, in, in college. And it was just, it was just the greatest time of my life, say, for instance, well, you're not, you're not going to go back to college and do that in your 50s. You can maybe go back to college, of course, and you can learn, and maybe be involved in athletics in some way, uh, but they're probably not going to start you <laughs> like no. they did when you were in your 20s. So don't go back, you know, but maybe coach Little League on the weekends. And then you can, what you can bring forward is that enthusiasm, connect with that peak time and how amazing that was and how much you love that and bring that to your now and move forward, pay it forward to the new generation, that if you can share that enthusiasm um, and bring that to help other people feel that, that love or tap into their own love of baseball, these youngsters that are, are moving through it. Because chances are you probably had an enthusiast. If you had such a great time playing baseball back then, you probably maybe didn't realize it then, but you had, I would imagine, an enthusiastic coach uh, or somebody, uh, you know, parent that was, you know, doing that for you, doing what you need to be doing now. So that way you can kind of keep that past alive, but it's alive in the present and it's being put towards the future. The movement is, is forward. So there can be past things, uh, good or bad. Uh, and if you can bring them into a reasonable relationship now, and have them help you move forward. If it's sharing a great experience you had before with new people, or if it's growing and maybe trying to keep other people, (laughs) prevent other people, um, do some uh, intervention uh, things from going down that road you did or sharing those painful bad experiences so that others now don't feel alone so they can move through their own if indeed you had overcome them. So there's value in those things, but you can't go you can't go back there and you can't have these things in the past, these bad things haunt you or, because like I said, they, you know, turn to salt. It prevents you from, from moving forward. Absolutely. Uh, and just to kind of dovetail off of what you said, you know, there's things you, you know, you're not going to be able to do in your fifties, most likely that you were able to do in your twenties, but, you know, conversely, there's things in your fifties that you're going to be able to do that you couldn't have done in your twenties. Right. You don't have the level of maturity or the education or the experience or the, you know, just the life learning and stuff that you needed um, or the, you know, or the discipline or the focus uh, that you need to do the things you want to do now. So that's, you know, that's the thing about any time in your life is, is, a, is a great time. You know, now is always a great time if you recognize where you are and you're honest about what you can do and you, you know, and you don't, don't look back, right? You never look back. You keep looking forward to what, uh, what you can do with the, you know, the, where you are physically, mentally, spiritually, psychologically, and so on in your life. Uh, but keep, keep that vision moving forward. It's interesting, too. He, you know, he points this out. We've, we've already read this a couple times. But no matter how unattractive or how dangerous the road ahead may be, it's better than the road back. A lot of times, you know, we get stuck, I think, in, uh, in looking back and in reminiscing and so on, because we're we're fearful of where we're headed, because we we don't know, or it's the unknown, or the uh, you know the fear of danger that lies ahead and the in the unknown and so on. So you cling to the known, you cling to what you've done before, you cling to the past, 
And, you know, it's just, you can't, you cannot do that. And, and again, he, he, he says the road ahead may, may mean difficulty because it may be difficult. You know, it's, that's what the thing, we can't whitewash and pretend like, you know, there aren't going to be challenges in life because there's always adjustments and challenges as you're moving forward. But the road back means failure. The road ahead, again, may be veiled from sight, but you must teach yourself to regard the unknown as friendly. I think that's a huge statement regarding the unknown as friendly. See, we usually think of the unknown as something to fear, uh, something, to, something to dread, uh, something that's going to hurt us. And he's saying, let's just turn that on its head and think, look, the unknown is my friend. You know, the unknown is exciting. The unknown is something I'm looking forward to. I mean, what would life be if you knew everything that was going to happen? And, you know, you got a, like a script in the morning of what, what you were going to say and do and everything that was going to occur. I mean, it'd be ridiculous. You know, what would be the point of life if, if there wasn't a mystery? And that mystery is constantly unfolding in the now. And, and you moving forward into the, into the future from the now. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, it's this reaching out, you know, forward into this unknown, uh, difficult, or unpleasant uh, path ahead. Um, that's faith. You know, faith that you know what's behind you. You don't know what's ahead of you. And it might be difficult, but this unseen and unknown, that's where faith comes in. Faith that you are doing the right thing. You are moving forward. I think in Orpheus uh, and Eurydice, uh, with that tale, that was faith in, you know, and both in both cases too, with Lot. Uh, the angel said, hey, you'll be fine. Just don't look back. Um, she, Lot's wife, did not take that on faith. When uh, in Hades, when um, Orpheus was allowed to take Eurydice uh, up to earth from the underworld, uh, he said, don't look back. Uh, but it's almost like he had, I think in that case, he had to look back, felt he had to because he wanted to check to make sure she was still there. So that's doubt. That's a seed of doubt looking back. It would be like pulling something out of the oven every five minutes to see if it's cooking. Um, this is kind of a silly example, but it's true. It'll never really cook fully or properly if you keep doing that. You'll, you know, the heat comes out of the oven, and then it's in there a long time, and it still doesn't get hot enough to sterilize the meat or whatever it needs to do or bake the cake. Um, so there is that faith aspect uh, uh, that moving forward, especially, I mean, that's what the faith is. It's a, the belief in the unseen, the unknown. Um, so without this, without faith, um, it requires faith to move forward in the unknown. Yeah, good point. And, you know, and the funny thing is, too, is like, if we really look back on our lives at most of the fears we had, most of them were unfounded. 90, you know, 8% of them never came true. Um, you know, most of the time, you know, 99 out of 100 times, you know, we safely get where we're going, we, you know, things unfold properly, and so on. Uh, so, you know, it, it's kind of a, a distortion of reality to always fear the future. Because, you know, we'll have a few scary things that happen over our lifetime, but because they imprinted so heavily because of the intensity of the experience, it seems like it's all that's always happening. And then you look and you're like, well, in my life, that was like 
0.000001% of the time of my life or something. You know, and you sit there and focus on it, and you look back on it, and you build it like you were talking about. You keep, you know, you keep bringing it up like a resentment or something or an anger or frustration, and it stays with you. But if you, you know, turn your back on it and move forward and have faith in the future and don't look back, you know, learn the lessons from it. That's great. You got to do that so you don't make the same mistakes, but move forward and don't look back. That's really the key to this, this whole thing. This is such a, this is such a great section. I really like this one. Um, any more thoughts on this? I think we, we covered this one pretty well. I think this one's, this one's pretty deep. This is going to leave the listener a lot to, to think about this week, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, it gives uh, something for me, you know, to think about <laughs> as well as I'm sure you. Uh, one of the things that, you know, we look back, uh, meaning we emotionally anyway, at least have a, a tendency or a desire to go back. Um, and that's back to, like I was saying, the horse going back to the barn where there's, you know, comfort and known, uh, known conditions. Uh, Sometimes when we go back, we want to go back to like the group, um, the group dynamic in such a way that somebody else is in charge. And if we just kind of do what we're told and do our part, um, you know, we'll be fine. Because uh, that's kind of how it works when you're, when you're younger and, you know, you're going to school or, you know, you have your parents and um, you learn those kinds of lessons. But to want to revert to that later on when, especially when you're reaching that point to where now you need to be the teacher, you need to be the parent, you need to be the grown up in the room. Uh, it, it comes with some responsibility and that can be scary too. Uh, and maybe it was easier before because just like knowing the path before, before there was, you knew who you were in that situation. Uh, that's why uh, graduating from school can be a double-edged sword for people. Uh, you graduate high school and you, you know, maybe you go to college. Um, you, you're still in that system and there can be a lot of growth. There can be a lot of uh, individual exploration, a lot of coming into your own, coming of age uh, during that time. Uh, but the dynamic is still with that group situation. Uh, and it can once then, oh, your reward for graduating now is that you're thrown out in the world and now you have to do something when everything was kind of provided before. You knew your schedule, you knew what time you know, algebra was and when you break for lunch and, and those things. And now you have to get out in the world and, and you know, make a way for yourself. Uh, I felt that when, after I hurt my back years ago, I broke my back and I'm you know, leaving the rehab hospital after being in there for months and learning how to use a wheelchair and all this stuff. Um, it was like, I couldn't wait to get out of there. But when it really became a reality, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I can't leave um, because you're in a protected environment. Um, it was very normal to see somebody in a wheelchair in, um, in the rehab hospital. They had ramps and stuff everywhere and drinking fountains. Uh, and then you get out in the world and you find out it's a completely different story and it's, it's quite an adjustment. Um, and you're, you're kind of left hanging or it feels like that. So when, whether you graduate high school or get out of the hospital or you know, out of college, or uh, then you, know, you have to take more of a, you know, your own role, become your own person, uh, and maybe provide some of those things that were once provided um, to you. You can rely on your experience that 
you probably wouldn't be in this situation if you didn't also, whether you realize it yet or not, if you didn't also have the means to accomplish that. So it takes a little faith that the road ahead will eventually be better. The unknown will become known. The uncomfortable will become easier. And also that part of you uh, will become larger and more able to handle um, what's ahead of you because you're not the same person as you were. Absolutely. Great point. And thank you for, for sharing that personal stuff. And uh, the, for, thank you for those great examples. Good stuff. All right. Never look back. Always go right ahead. Even if you're quaking, go right ahead and quake as you go. Quake as you go. Quaking through life. Quake, quake through life. Uh, you know, work through, feel the fear and do it anyway, as they say. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on the Cosmic Eye Show and this uh, Emmett Fox Show. We hope you liked to uh, remember Lot's wife. I think there's a lot there. A lot there. Clever. Uh, find and use your inner power. Of course, this comes from we are here every Sunday. Uh, thank you again for joining us. Thank you for uh, those of you who are supporting us. And if you can, please make a donation anchor.fm slash cosmic eye. Uh, again, check us out at cosmic eye.org. Uh, Chris's book is Spirit and Sky Minds. If you can worry, you can meditate. Uh, have a great week. Goodbye and God bless.